Yes, yes, yes. We are back on the Hostile Environment Podcast with episode number three. Welcome back, guys. How are you? Man, uh, right off the bat, I mean, I got to fucking, like, I'm sick and tired of hearing the weekend. I'm, I'm sick of him. Every goddamn station I'm on, 103.5, 92.5, 99.9, everything is that fucking terrible Save Your Tears song. I'm, like, legitimately sick of hearing it. Um, you know, and if it's not him, it's Drake. And if it's not him, it's that human shit stain, Justin Bieber. And yeah, I get it. They've got to play a bunch of Canadian content and every, you know, every hour they got to play so much. I understand, but we do have other artists other than those three guys. And especially that new Drake song, which isn't that great, but apparently already hit number one. Um, this guy could literally, you know, make out a shit sandwich song and put it out and would go to number one. So, um, uh, I mean, Maestro Fresh Wes, uh, how about, uh, uh, Dead Mouse, how about that? Uh, how about uh, Nelly Furtado? Uh, enough with the same douchebags all the time. Like, fucking mix it up a little bit, guys. This is why people aren't listening to FM radio anymore. They're sick of hearing the same 14 songs pretty much all day long, right? Uh, anyways, moving on after that little fucking rant. Uh, last episode, uh, which was apparently very popular, this segment uh, that I tried out, and I got some good feedback on it, so thank you for that. Um, so the segment that I, I, I started was called "You'll Find What You'll Find on Your Phone That You Won't See on TV. There are headlines. Uh, so I talked about a garage in Toronto that was for sale for $730,000, and I was kind of goofing on it. Well, stupid me, uh, it's off the market. Um, I posted the picture on the uh, Hostile Environment podcast page on Instagram. Uh, I posted a picture of it for $7.29 and change. So the quick update is it was on the market for three days and it sold on Thursday night uh, for asking. So that's nice. Uh, maybe one of you guys were listening to the podcast, decided to run out, called your realtor and went and bought it. I don't know. If you did, you're welcome. It's all good luck with that. Uh, on a side note, uh, some positive news. Um, I'm currently in talks to have my first sponsor for the podcast which is pretty exciting. Um, I'll update you when uh, we can hopefully get a deal finalized, and that's pretty exciting, like I said. Um, but it's thanks to you guys for listening, downloading, and subscribing so far. So please, if you like what I'm doing and you want to hear more, and like I said, this is only three shows in, so I'm going to get much better, and I'm going to bring you know much uh, a different element uh, pretty much moving forward. I'm going to try and add some more segments and such. But if you like what I'm doing, don't you know? Please um, you know spread the word. Um, and speaking of spreading the word, I have to spread the word um, trying to pay my bills, so to speak. Not that I have any from the podcast, but we're getting there. Uh, so on Facebook. I am J-C-O-W-A-L on IG. It is J.Hostile. On Twitter is at podcast underscore hostile. The email address, which is where I'm getting some of the feedback from you guys, so thank you, is J-A-Y.Hostile.Environment at gmail.com. And don't forget, it is on iTunes and Spotify. And if you set it up for automatic downloading... My, every time I drop an episode, it will get download, downloaded directly into your uh, device. So that is that. Um, uh, quick update on the BMW situation, because I had a couple people ask me about that as well. Uh, so here's where we stand uh, as far as that goes. On Friday, uh, the BMW technician in Vaughn called me and uh, basically uh, got me to take pictures of the bill that BMW Durham uh gave me for sick grand 
just to see what what their um, their their uh, options are. So I took the pictures of the of the bill and I sent them over to Vaughn. Uh, they did what they did on Friday before they called me, and he said that they're not seeing what what Durham BMW said they were seeing. So. He, uh, basically what he was saying was it could be several small problems, it could be one small problem, or it could be a huge problem. And unfortunately, the part of the conversation that my wife overheard was basically something along the lines of how much are you willing to spend before it's not worth uh, putting into the car, period. Which would, which would really be, a, to say it would be a kick in the yam bag would be an understatement considering I just got this car in September and I had it put away for two months. So, um he was more or less saying, you know, if it's over, if it's over ten grand to replace the motor or something as serious as that, is it really worth it? To which I couldn't answer. I mean, obviously the simple math is no, it's not worth it. But at the same time, I love that car. I've only had it for two months. I haven't even got to drive it for a summer yet. But yeah, I mean, well over ten grand worth of repairs would have put me in quite a pickle, and it pretty much would have put twenty thousand dollars, you know, directly in the fucking toilet. So. Um, so that's the last thing he said on, on Friday. Uh, so I had to sit with that thought all weekend, which didn't sit well with me, uh, basically thinking, wow, um, you know, 20,000 bucks for two months of driving a BMW. doesn't seem like a good deal. Uh, it was quite depressing. Let me tell you. Um, but the good news is he called this morning and said that Saturday afternoon, a mechanic went in and was, was messing around with it. And, um, basically he said that, um, uh, so how, how did he put it? Um, well, first of all, he said something along the lines of the BMW dealership in Durham was trying to give it to me from behind with no spit or lube, which I totally agree with because, you know, like I said, a $6,000 bill was, you know. Um, the problem is the exhaust con the exact, ew, the exhaust camshaft adjuster fell out of place. So um, he's going to put it back into place. He thinks it's going to stay. Worst case scenario, he's going to have to replace that. So I'm looking at somewhere between $2,500 to $3,000 damage, more more along the lines of $25. Uh, but best case scenario, which is what he thinks, is it's $800 tops. So uh, either way, both of those, even if it is the $2,500, both of those options are much better than $6,000, which basically BMW Durham said you have to replace every single thing that is in the under the hood, which is uh, complete horseshit. And um, so, f anyone who does own a BMW out there who might be listening, stay away from that place. Uh, they're clearly, I mean, everyone knows dealerships are a scam and more to be more expensive to begin with. But stay away from that place, especially because clearly there's some shady shit going on there. All right, uh, what do we have here? I did my social media. Um, Oh, so one uh, one question I got on my Gmail actually, which I wanted to touch on, and it's going to it's going to lead into a bigger and better story. Um, was the one question I got was why did I start podcasting? And um, another friend of mine uh, asked if Derek was going to be involved. For those of you who know me and know Derek, you would understand why people would think that he would be involved um, with something like this. Because let's face it, he, he's got the gift of gab as well. Uh, he's quite a character. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a hell of a guy, but, uh, so the long story short is Derek and I were supposed to do this together at one point. We had discussed this. We had agreed to this. Derek had even come up with a pretty catchy name, which I thought was, I, I, I liked it. I did. I'm not going to lie. I, it's stupid. I get it. It was, the name was first down and sauce. Um, okay. Yeah, right off the bat. It sounds terrible. I, I, I agree. But the more it, it really grew on me, 
So it was going to be mostly him and I talking, mostly about our passion, which is the NFL and football. Derek has 19 favorite teams. I, of course, only have one, and they're the Super Bowl champs. Derek uh, and I have loved football. It's pretty much what built our friendship was uh, football, music, and alcohol. So, yes, we were supposed to do this together. Uh, he kept beating around the bush. I kept asking if this was actually going to happen, if he was serious about this, because I've been listening to podcasts for probably going on five years now. I listen to wrestling podcasts. I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to um, a couple other things, too, uh, a couple of uh, educational podcasts, which some of you who know me aren't going to believe, but I do listen to educational podcasts, which does give me some of the vocabulary that people are sometimes surprised that I use. Uh, I know everyone thinks I'm just this big, dumb fucking, you know, uh, monkey trying to start a fire with two sticks, but um, podcasts have helped me as far as, you know, uh, some of my vocabulary. So, um, like I said, five years or so. And so when Derek brought this up to me and I was like, dude, like, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, willing and able. Let's do it. Uh, I kept messaging him. He was over for Super Bowl. I was asking him before that I was asking him. And then I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. So I went and got all the equipment. I did some research. I talked to some people who were in the podcasting business. Uh, Dean Blundell from 102.1 fame. I talked to him briefly on Twitter and he gave me just a quick few tips and what equipment I should get. And, uh, told me the, big, the biggest thing was a quality computer, which I didn't have. Uh, the computer that I have is a piece of shit, and it's on its last legs. My daughter, on the other hand, did have this beautiful MacBook, which is what I'm using for now. Like I said, until I make some money off this podcast, which I don't even know if it's ever going to happen. But if I do, the first investment I'm going to make is to put the 20 bucks back in that I paid to start this podcast from the website, and then I'm going to buy a computer. Obviously, one is a little more expensive than the other, but I should give my daughter back her computer. So yeah, so Derek and I were going to do this podcast. My wife hated the name of the of the, the podcast, First Down and Sauce. She can't remember it for her life. My kids laughed at it too. And um, when it was, so during some of my research, I saw that when you're making a podcast, if you're really trying to uh, be good at it and really trying to get a lot of listeners and downloads is you're supposed to cater to a certain audience. So if it's a football podcast, obviously you're catering to the 18 to 39 demographic. Um, if you're cater if you're doing it, um, you know, a, a Spanish podcast, you know, you're, you're obviously, um, putting it towards Latinas and Latinos and that community, um, or, you know, any, you know, cooking keto diet, you know, everyone has a specific category they fall into. Whereas this podcast that I'm doing is kind of all over the place, so I haven't really decided if I'm trying to cater to an audience or I'm just trying to give everybody something to listen to. Um, now, the, the negative feedback that I've had from two different listeners is that they tuned out once I started talking sports. Um, unfortunately, that is a part of my gimmick. I am a sports guy. I always have been. I played high school football. I was really good at one school. I was a huge bench warmer at another school, but at least I wasn't a kicker. Um, you know, I've, I've played baseball. I finally learned how to play hockey. It, I've watched football. I watch all the sports. So it's kind of in my DNA. So unfortunately, during every podcast, there is going to be a little sports talk. I'm going to try and even it out. I'm going to try and give everybody a little something. That's why I'm throwing in a personal story or um, starting next Thursday, I've decided I'm going to do the Thursday Tone Tale which is going to be a story about that disaster human being that I had mentioned uh, on my first podcast initially. So I'm going to do a story of him once a week, 
maybe once every two weeks, depending. It's like I said, I don't want to run out of stories. Not that I have any shortage of stories, but I don't want to run out of stories. And I don't want to start grasping at straws and telling horseshit stories or, you know, starting to maybe embellish just a little bit more than the story actually needs or, or actually had. So that's, uh, that's that. Um, so I guess, yeah, the sports thing, I'm going to try and limit the, the sports talk for those of you who are listening, who are kind enough to download and subscribe. Um, like my wife, for instance, and Jim also, you know, you, who you are, you prick. Um, so, uh, that being said, uh, so the, like I said, Derek and I, were going to talk football, hot sauce, cause we're both hot sauce connoisseurs. We are obsessed with hot sauce. We, Derek goes to Niagara on many occasions, goes to this hot sauce store, buys like 10, 15 bottles. We, he's been on the hunt for, um, this hot sauce from tropical nights from back in the day forever. I have about 19 bottles of hot sauce in the fridge in various places around the house. Um, but, uh, the, the whole hot sauce thing, um, it's, so here's my story for the day. And for those of you who know me for know me for a long time, you know, the gist of the story. Um, this was called the hot sauce hospital day and the hot sauce hospital day happened in 1998 when I was 18 years old. Uh, Derek, uh, disaster tone myself, uh, we're drinking obviously, of course, because every good story has alcohol included in it. We were out and about, and uh, Tone had said that this guy Elvis had invited us over to, um, I don't remember what it was, maybe watch a movie or hang out and drink there because it was cold or whatever the case was. Um, Elvis's house was open, and you know, us having nothing to do, we thought it was a good idea to go to this guy's house. Now, Elvis was a guy that Tone had met at this really seedy bar at Woodbine and Danforth called the Rib House. Uh, it's run by an Asian dude. I don't even think they really cook food there. I think it's mostly just for people to drink Molson Canadians at two in the afternoon and smoke a pack of cigarettes. Uh, I know they did cook food, but it didn't look edible. But uh, yeah, so Tone met this guy Elvis at the Rib House, and I guess uh, you know Tone had this gift of meeting people and weaseling his way into their homes, um, and then inviting us to also join us at their homes, and we would you know just drink and fuck whatever it was it was a place to escape from the outside pretty much or if we were bored and just wanted to go and eat some free food or watch tv or fuck whatever so we had tone had said something about elvis's house and we decided to go over it was kind of late i want to say around 11 o'clock at night probably on a friday or saturday for sure it was one of those two nights um so we went over there and uh, i didn't know elvis all that well i know he had some form of lupus or something along those lines so one of his leg it was like he was walking with a with a like a, a giant popsicle stick or a mop tape to his leg because he couldn't bend his knee. So when he walked, he walked with this huge overstep with his right leg because apparently it was either wood or he was a pirate or I don't know some fucking shit. Anyways, the guy was kind of a low life. And the thing that freaked me out about this guy was the first time I went to his house, he was eating a big bowl of chicken wings, and uh, after he was done with the meat and all that shit, where you know most people throw out the bones. This fucking psychopath just started. Just, he started eating the bones like a seagull, crunching the bones and and like the knuckles and everything. And he ate every single thing to the point where every single chicken wing was absolutely one hundred percent gone. It was the most disgusting thing I ever saw. And all I kept thinking was, when these wings come out of your backside, that can't feel good. There's got to be at least a jagged bone that's undigested coming out the hard way. Never asked. Um, not all that interested, but it's. It definitely what was in my fucking head. So we got to Elvis's and we're drinking and, uh, you know, uh, I came up in the conversation about hot sauce and um, I guess Derek or Tone had mentioned to him that 
uh, I had bragged previously that I could take any hot sauce. Uh, you know, I, I was the hot sauce guy. So Elvis went into his backyard, into his shed, came out with this bottle that was unopened. And he said this was the hottest thing that he'd ever tried in his entire life. He said he was a hot sauce guy too. He said this was, the sauce was fucking 10 out of 10 hot. And every time I've heard that, going back from when I was 16 to even to this day, when I ask for extra hot sauce on things or ask for suicide wings at a, at a restaurant, I always get the, oh, they're really hot, super hot. You better be careful. Nine times out of 10, it's horseshit. Um, they're not that hot. But I understand why restaurants have to warn you. But for the most part, it's they're never all that hot. Uh, but the sauce that Elvis was talking about uh, had a devil on the bottle and um, anyways, I'm going to put a picture of the bottle up on the Instagram, uh, Hostile Podcast Instagram site later today. I still have the bottle to this day. Um, so Elvis said that this sauce was 10 out of 10. Um, I didn't believe him. I was talking shit. And he said, okay, well, you know, here's the, here's the deal. If you drink this bottle, the whole thing, chug it, you have 10 seconds to drink the bottle. And f- afterwards, I'm not allowed to eat or drink anything for 10 minutes. And if I can do that and keep the hot sauce down without puking, he's going to give me a hundred bucks cash. Uh, me being the pessimistic guy that I am, I said, ah, fuck, you're, you're full of shit, man. I'll have to wait a week or two or three weeks for this hundred bucks. No, Elvis reached in his wallet, pulled out a nice crisp brownie, flattened it out, put it underneath the bottle of hot sauce and said, that is yours. You know, all you got to do is do the sauce. So I had five or I think I had five minutes to consider it. And, uh, you know, I, at first you're thinking, yep, this is going to happen. I'm going to do this. No problem. And then I started to think about it and I was like, oh, fuck, man. I don't know. Like, I don't want to have a shitty night. Like, if I'm, I don't know what's going to happen if I drink this bottle. And it was needless to say, it got down to a countdown sort of scenario where it was like 10 seconds left and I, I ripped the seal off and I fucking cracked the bottle and I downed it. It took me about five sips and I finished the whole bottle, slammed it on the table, the table, I did the uh, domino, motherfucker. Uh, I was pretty proud of myself. Uh, you know, right off the bat, yep, it, it, it was dead. It was dead. My mouth was dead. It was pretty goddamn hot, I'm not going to lie. But it was manageable. Uh, you know, I had to stand up. I had to walk around. There were some tears. You know, some a lot of laughing. Um, even by me, I was trying to laugh. Uh, I had thought, you know, this wasn't that bad. I just made an easy hundred bucks. Um, and then... You know, four minutes passed, and I was really looking at the time, like, this really sucks. I need a beverage, like, fucking now. I need a beer. I need milk. I need something. It was bad. It was getting worse and worse and worse by the minute. Uh, and then five minutes goes by. I put the 100 bucks in my pocket. I cheersed all my friends. Uh, I went into the kitchen. I don't remember. I'm, I know I got some milk, but I took a sip, and I wasn't feeling it because it doesn't go well with beer. So I, I chugged back a, a, another beer. And I was like, you know what? That wasn't that bad, man. Fucking right on. Um, and then it hit me. Uh, almost like if you were putting your organs through a meat grinder is exactly what it felt like. And it hit me like a gunshot to the point where I was standing one second and then I was on my knees dry heaving the next. The, the pain was just insane. Like, to say it was 10 out of 10 is also an understatement. Um, I, I would put it definitely at around a 14 out of 10. It was vicious. Uh, I was rolling around on the ground. I hadn't puked yet, but I knew it was on the way. It, it had I had to expel it. I knew it was going to do damage if I didn't. So on my hands and knees, I decided to throw up. What I didn't think about was I should probably take my face away from the carpet because when I threw up, 
the steam and the fumes from the hot sauce and maybe some of my body acids or something, I don't know, it was a horrible combination, but something, uh, basically the fumes after I had expelled the, the sauce came back and broke a shitload of blood vessels in my face and my eyes just went like discolored. So my now my face looks terrible. My eyes look terrible. I'm dry heaving. I'm throwing up hot sauce. Finally, I, I stopped. I took I took a, like a big gulp. I, I, I tried to chase it down with, an, with a couple of, like another sip of beer to try and force whatever was kind of like, I felt like a, a vomit acid stuck in my esophagus. So I wanted to kind of flush it down. So I, I drank some more beer. I went into the kitchen. Uh, I got the bread. Um, I think I even had some yogurt. And uh, I, I felt better. I didn't feel great, but I definitely felt better than I had previously. Um, I was standing up. That was a big start. I uh, looked in the mirror, saw my face, uh, started howling. It was pretty fucking funny. Everyone was laughing at me there. Uh, I ate a few pieces of bread, had some beer. Felt, you know, reasonable. Uh, again, I was like, okay, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was worse than I... Sorry, let me rephrase that. It was worse than I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be while I was vomiting on the ground. Uh, so another five or ten minutes goes by, and then that exact same pain came back again with a vengeance, and it was just as bad, if not worse. And at that point, I was throwing up again, and I had decided... It's time to go to the emergency room. So I did call a cab and I did uh, go to the East General Hospital at roughly around midnight or one in the morning where I did get there and, um, you know, checking in, probably not the, not the easiest thing I've ever done in my life where it was, um, you know, why are you here? Oh, uh, you know, I'm here because I drank a bottle of hot sauce and I think my stomach is on fire. Um, you know, a lot of laughing again. Uh, sat in the waiting room for fuck well over an hour in a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain. Um, just to, uh, on a side note, before I forget, what I want to do for you is kind of lay out. Um, so the Scoville unit is basically how they rate hot sauces. Uh, the, this Scoville unit thing is only has only blown up in the last say five or six years, where people are like, "Oh, this, uh, you know, this is eight million Scoville and this pepper and blah blah." blah. None of that shit was around back in these days. There was no Scoville unit. There was no Carolina Reaper. There was no Scorpion Pepper. This was basically just, there was like Tabasco sauce, uh, Frank's Red Hot, and you might find another budget sauce somewhere else, but nothing like this. So to put it in perspective, if you were to look at the Scoville unit now, uh, Frank's Red Hot, which everybody uh, puts that shit on everything, is 450 Scoville units. Not 450,000, 450. Tabasco sauce, which was the go-to for everybody back in the day before Frank's Red Hot kind of blew up, is 2,500 Scoville units. The sauce that I took was called the Hot Sauce from Hell and it is listed at 500,000 Scoville units. So half a million. Uh, to put that in perspective, uh, that would be like drinking, uh, you know, 140 bottles of Tabasco sauce. So the the difference was quite was quite bad. Um, so here, where where do we stand on accents? By the way, before I go any further, because I'm going to do a Jamaican accent because it does help with the story. Uh, I'm not sure if it's racist or not. Um, I mean, I know it's not blackface. 
because that's a no-no. I get that. That's horrible. Uh, shout out to Justin Trudeau from back in the day. Um, but um, I mean, I'm going to do a Jamaican accent because it's more entertaining and helps with the story. Uh, my question is, you know, do Scottish people get offended when Mike Myers does Fat Bastard on Austin Powers? I mean, does it really, it's only an accent. So if anyone does take this the wrong way, I do apologize. But it is better for the story because the accent is the reason that people still talk about this to this day was this little incident, obviously, other than the fact that I was at the hospital for hot sauce, of course. Um, so, like I said, if you're offended, I'm sorry, but it's 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 much easier to... Uh, to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. So I'm just gonna go ahead with the story. Uh, so I'm in the waiting room, I finally get brought in, um, I get put on the gurney, the doctor comes in, asks me of the situation, so yet again I have to be embarrassed and you know admit why I'm there. Um, and I'm there for an hour, Derek and Tone are with me. Tone, of course, is disappearing in and out, uh, going into random hospital rooms, stealing scissors and tape and band-aids and Anything else that's not nailed down that he thinks fucking he can either sell or use for something. I mean, the guy, like I said, this guy's a disaster. Everywhere you take him, he does something wrong. So, of course, he disappears in the hospital and he's fucking around. So, Derek was by my side pretty much the entire time. And while I'm there, um, uh, they hooked up an IV to me and they gave me a bunch of this. Uh, the, the easiest way to describe it is like Pepto-Bismol times a thousand. So basically, you drink it, and it's supposed to line your stomach and prevent the the sauce from eating away at your at your intestines and your stomach and what have you. Um, you know, uh, Pepto works, and this stuff was fantastic. It really did work. So as I'm laying there, um, uh, Derek had informed me that he had called, who's now my wife, Sarah, and I basically said to him, "Why the fuck did you do that? This is embarrassing enough." Um, but Sarah did show up later on, um, and she also made fun of me. Uh, anyways, back to the, the point of this. So I'm sitting in the hospital bed and uh, I'm embarrassed. They're trying to fucking make me laugh, but I'm you know, I'm not in a laughing mood. My stomach's all fucked up. And a Jamaican nurse came into the room and says, uh, Hey, man, are you Mr. Cowell? And yes, I know it's a shitty Jamaican accent. I said, yep, that's me. And she's like, are you the hot sauce guy? And I said, yes, absolutely. That's, you know, and unfortunately, yes, that's me. And Derek had brought the bottle with him. I don't know why, but he brought the bottle with him, and uh, I guess he had given it to the doctor or a nurse or something like that, and the Jamaican nurse who came back had the bottle in her hand, and she goes, Jesus Christ, man, I'm from Jamaica, and I don't even like hot sauce like this. You're a fucking idiot, you dumbass white boy. What the fuck are you thinking? So, of course, that got everybody fucking howling, and, well, it got Derek laughing, and then, of course, the story went on for years to come about the Jamaican nurse making fun of me while I'm in a horrible position. But you know what? At the same time, I think morons like me deserve that kind of treatment, because I'll never do something like that again. And, and, and the Jamaican nurse making fun of me while I'm in a horrible position was a big part of that, because she made me feel lower than low, and I fucking deserve it, because I'm a goddamn moron. So after roughly four hours of being in the hospital, I finally get discharged. They give me a prescription. They send me on my way. Uh, I took a cab to the local grocery store with the pharmacy in it. I got, you know, it's about three in the morning now. Uh, there's the shoppers there. Um, got my medication filled. Go back home. Um, and Sarah asks me, so you did this for $100? And I said, yeah, I, I know. I, I understand. Uh, I get it. And she's like, how much money do you have left? And after a quick count, I had 40 bucks left. 
between the cabs and the medication and the bottles of water that I was buying for to survive, uh, I had made $40 for that entire event. So that will wrap that story up because if you don't see the uh, the underlying like, well, that's you know it doesn't get much worse than that basically. So there's really not much more I can add to that other than I put myself in the hospital by drinking a bottle of hot sauce and I made forty bucks for doing it. So that's that. Um, speaking of stories, um, did anybody or actually a video that I saw on the weekend? Did anybody catch the brawl at Bed Bath and Beyond in the states? A little piece of beauty. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you find it. It will be very easy to find. Just Google that shit. Just put Bed Bath and Beyond fight. And it's roughly, I want to say four or five women who just start throwing down in the middle of a Bed Bath and Beyond, rolling around, a lot of cursing. Uh, it's just entertaining because you expect this sort of thing at a Walmart or you know uh, something along those lines. You do not expect it at Bed Bath & Beyond. So if you haven't seen that video, um, there are several versions of it. If you go on Twitter and you go to Rex Chapman's site, uh, he has it. And there's also a few others that have put the great wrestling commentator, Jim Ross, uh, commentating it, saying, stop the damn match, stop the damn match, shit like that that he used to do. That's classic. So yeah, please check out Bed Bath & Beyond Brawl. I'm just going to take a sip of water here. So hopefully I can knock off this podcast all in one shot. I've got to take my daughter to CrossFit very shortly. So if I can get through all this, that'd be perfect. If I can't, I will pause it and I will come back and jump back into it later on tonight. That being this being Monday. Uh, so, I, so at this point, I'm going to touch on a little sports just very quickly, and then I'm going to move on to something else. But there are there were some big sports stories that did happen um, since Thursday, since the last podcast. Um, but don't tune out because I am going to go back to other shit, but I just wanted to touch on a few quick things here. Um, Alex Smith, the quarterback for the Redskins, who has had 17 surgeries on his leg, 17 surgeries he had. I don't know if anyone, if you don't have a squeamish stomach, uh, go onto YouTube and Google Alex Smith injury, and you will watch one of the most horrific leg breaks in the history of football and it cost him 17 surgeries. He almost lost his leg. At one point, they were even talking about amputation. Somehow, the doctor saved his leg. And after, you know, obviously, like I said, 17. I keep stressing that because it's incredible. They said he would never play football again. Not only did he come back, he came back in more in less time than he was allotted. And he actually brought the Washington, formerly Redskins, now they are the Washington football team. He brought them to the playoffs where obviously my Buccaneers put them out to win the Super Bowl. But, the, you know, obviously we're talking about Alex Smith. Um, so Alex Smith was released by those Washington football team. So he comes back from a horrific surgery, leads the team to the playoffs. And I guess for doing all of that, Washington said, thank you for your service, uh, but you're, basically you're fired. Um, Alex Smith signed a, a four-year, $94 million contract in 2018 uh, with $55 million guaranteed and a $27 million signing bonus. So no one's crying for him as far as money. He's obviously rich beyond rich. Uh, you know, He's not fucking Elon Musk or Kanye West, but the guy's doing pretty well for himself. His family's set for life. Um, but he was supposed to make uh, $18,750,000 this year. Um, 
So they cut him to uh, stay under the salary cap, basically, and maybe bring in another quarterback. Um, I mean, I, I, fear, I feel like there's a chance that he's going to be a good backup quarterback for somebody. I don't see him starting anymore. I don't think he has that left in him. I think he, he, he'd be a really good mentor to a young quarterback uh, to show him the ropes of the NFL Show him, you know, everything that he's learned over his career playing for so long. He's playing with the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the uh, football team. Um, I think he would be good in Jacksonville. Jacksonville has uh, a shitload of cap space, and they're drafting that crazy stud Trevor Lawrence, who's never obviously played an NFL game. It might be good for him to come into the NFL with a mentor like Alex Smith. Um, now, just a thought, because Gardner Menchu, who plays for the Jaguars, is a piece of shit, so you might as well just get rid of him. Uh, so now that we've passed on Alex Smith, let's move on to Major League Baseball. I saw an article that I thought was extremely hilarious, uh, and not in the good way. Um, Major League Baseball opening day prices at the ballparks. Uh, so they put in an article saying how much it's going to be to watch opening day at various ballparks around Major League Baseball. So keep in mind, folks, in case you've forgotten, um, starting prices, uh, my God, we are in we are in a COVID era. Uh, people are struggling just to put food on their table, uh, but these greedy fucking baseball owners are who are in states and cities who have even opened up enough for people to attend sporting events. Although on a limited basis, I understand instead of forty thousand, there's only fifteen or twenty. So I understand raising the prices a tad. I do, um, but now is not really the time to fuck the fans over, especially the ones who. Uh, have stuck by your team for years and years and years. Um, so, um, where, so in case you were wondering, and I know you weren't, but uh, the San Diego Padres um, have a payroll of $159 million for a 26-man roster. So that's crazy. Um, anyways, do you want to go see a New York Yankees versus Toronto Blue Jays on opening day? Uh Here's what's going to cost you $422 per seat. So $422 to see the Yankees and the Jays. Uh, you want to go see the Pirates and the Cubs? That'll cost you just a measly $427 a seat. For a little cheaper, you can see the Orioles versus the Red Sox, who are both garbage teams in the AL East, uh, and they'll be battling for last place more than likely. That's still going to cost you $379 a seat. Uh, but wait, there's more. How about the Phillies and the Braves? You want to go see the Bryce Harper versus Ronald Acuna, two you know young stud players. I get it; they're good. That'll cost you five hundred and twenty-three dollars per seat. And the real cocksuckers, but like I had said, but the San Diego Padres, so I brought up their payroll. Um, these are the guys. They, these this team has been terrible for twenty years since Tony Gwynn left the Padres. They've been an absolute dumpster fire, and now they've decided to. Uh, spread a boatload of money around, grab a whole bunch of free agents, make some trades, and they drafted this guy named Tatis Jr., who's a, a fucking stud, and who I had in my baseball league, and I traded away for a bag of marbles. So, again, you wonder why I'm horseshit. There's another reason. Um, so, anyways, it's going to cost you uh, $950 per ticket to watch them crush the Arizona Diamondbacks on opening day. Almost $1,000 a ticket to watch a baseball game, which, is, as Derek has said for many years, is the only game that you can play while taking a nap. 
so like I said, the Padres have a payroll of $159 million. Uh, that's, the, that's not even the highest in the league. Uh, that would be the Los Angeles Dodgers, who come in at a whopping $229 million to field 26 men to play baseball. Uh, but they won the World Series last year, so I guess, you know, I'm just being a jealous asshole. The Yankees are the second highest payroll in baseball at $179 million. And your Toronto Blue Jays are number 13 in payroll at $122 million. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles uh, are uh, the worst team in baseball. And they also have uh, the lowest payroll at $35 million. So compared to the Dodgers, who at pretty much $230, they're at $35. Um, you can see why Baltimore Orioles lose almost every single fucking baseball game there is. So, um, I'm not going to do the segment this week, which is the headlines, because I feel like um, I could spread it around a little bit. But I wanted to go over just a couple of uh, just a couple of quick things that I know I'm a little behind on this one. Uh, it happened about three weeks ago, but I didn't have a podcast three weeks ago to talk about it, so I'm going to do it now. Because maybe some of you haven't heard. I'm, I'm sure most of you had about um, Gorilla Glue Girl. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is a um, kind of attractive black girl who decided to put uh, a, a, the, the Gorilla Glue in her hair to try and, I guess, flatten it down and make it look shiny. Uh, and obviously, she went th through uh, a boatload of surgeries and... Um, now she's suing the actual glue company for not saying specifically that you cannot put glue in your hair. Uh, I read the statement that Gorilla Glue put out and they said, it says right on their uh, product, not to be used on uh, body and, and hands and stuff like that. It does not use the word hair. So I guess she's kind of got a point. But at the same time, isn't your hair on your body? Um, and who would even think to put uh, carpenter's glue or you know wh whatever it is? It's like super crazy glue. Why would you put glue in your hair in the first place? Uh, and, and then she starts a GoFundMe campaign, which a bunch of people donated to. And then she got on a talk shows and justified her position by saying that, you know, it didn't say you couldn't put it in your hair. Oh, fuck it. Again... I question where we are in life. If if it doesn't say something, you do it. But then I'm the guy who drank the hot sauce. So I guess I really don't have a leg to stand on as far as that's concerned. Uh, so I'm going to post the hot sauce bottle on the hostile environment Instagram, the hot sauce bottle that I drank. I'm also going to put the article that from Breakfast Television Toronto that shows a picture of the garage that was sold in Toronto for $739,000. So you actually get a way better picture of what it looks like. Uh, so just a couple of other things that I wanted to touch on. Um, I saw a crazy funny headline that has a picture of Cardi B, uh, and it says uh, someone one girl one no, song of the year, which is WAP, which everyone knows what that means. Uh, wins that that song wins song of the year, and then inappropriate contact uh, is Dr. Seuss. Um, so you know where I'm going with that. Basically, Dr. Seuss, uh, they revoked a whole bunch of his books um, because of racist content. So there's a whole bunch of shit going around, a whole bunch of memes. Uh, they're all pretty funny. Personally, um, my wife explained the situation to me because um, she was doing some Google research. 
and I explained the why those books were taken away and I totally agree they are horrible and we have to as a society get better so now that we've realized that these books are you know extremely hurtful yeah just get rid of them um, so for the cancel culture out there who's complaining and saying oh you know they're taking away all our rights and all our books and all our children and all this um, if your children are reading these books and believe that this stuff is okay that's a problem and we're trying to get rid of those problems so that you know nobody has to feel less than right so um, I did see a few of the articles uh, or, or a few of the contexts that were taken from the books and yeah I totally agree I mean Dr. Seuss has 300 books if six of them get taken off the shelves for content about uh, how about a person who's uh, doing the the fingers on the eyes to make yourself look Asian that's in one of his books you don't need to do that kids don't need to see that uh, Green Eggs and Ham is just fine it's still out there so calm the fuck down cancel culture um, you know we're good we're good we're happy uh, another uh, one of the um, one of the things I saw, and I wanted, I wanted to bring this up on the last podcast, I'm just going to go over this pretty quickly, was um, how do you feel about, uh, so when, when I go to a wedding, I think nowadays it's pretty much set in stone that you bring the couple's cash. Um, the days of buying people crystal candlestick holders and fucking, you know, a, a knife and fork set or a, a fucking juicer or a George Foreman goal or whatever, those days are gone. For the most part, everyone realizes that couples need cash they're starting lives cash is more helpful they've spent a boatload of money on the wedding and uh, for you to give them a juicer doesn't really help uh, you can't you, you can re-gift a juicer that's about the best thing for it but you can't uh, recoup some of the money that you've pissed away on this huge massive in some cases wedding so money does help but that being said uh, there's a couple in Australia who uh, gave out cards as you entered the, the hall after the wedding, so you know where you're gonna go sit down and have dinner and drinks and all that stuff, where most people bring their gifts out of their car or their envelopes or whatever the case is, uh, the bride and the groom at the receiving line were giving out cards to every guest that said, and this is, uh, for, keep in mind, Australia, and I don't think these are well-educated people for uh, also, and this is supposed to be some sort of rhyme and it's not very good. Needless to say, here is what the, was on the card. It says, wishing well. Our bank account is in debt, and we'd like it to go back into credit. Please visit the ATM. We know you're a gem. Pull out your greens and let it be seen that our kindness is real when it's given its final seal. So, take pl so place your cash in our wishing well and make our dreams come true, and that will be swell. Uh, so that was the card. Uh, I guess upon people asking, trying to basically get like a, what does this mean sort of scenario, the couple basically said that they were asking uh, people to go to the ATM that was in the lobby of the, uh, the hall and take out money, uh, somewhere between one and $200, place it in an envelope, and that's what they wanted. So if you had bought in something else, they were basically asking you to take it back, but feel free to go to the ATM and take out some money. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I, I don't want to use the word white trash because the last time I used that term, I was kicked off Twitter. But I feel like, if what if I did want to give you a juicer? 
what if I got you the greatest fucking juicer that ever was? And when I went to give it to you, you told me, no, keep it. I just want cash. I'm not sure how I would feel about that. Uh, what about the older folks? Older folks have this habit of maybe not wanting to give cash. They might want to give something a little more sentimental. My mom is like that. She doesn't give cash for Christmas. She likes to get, buy shit that you have to keep for 40 or 50 years. And then she's going to ask you about it next Christmas and say, oh, where's that figurine of Santa with his pants down? Do you still have that? But that's kind of the way my mom is. Um, so I don't know. Older folks, would they feel comfortable taking back something that they'd put their, their thought into? And maybe going to the ATM where they're probably getting charged $4 uh, a service charge just to take out that dough? I don't know. Just a thought. Just thought I'd ask you guys where you stand on it. Frankly, I think it's a little trashy. I, like, I, I, again, I know you're trying to build a life. And I know you're broke. But directing people to give you cash at the front door when they arrive to your wedding probably isn't the way I would go with that. So with that being said, that is going to bring an end to episode number three of the Hostile Environment Podcast. I happened to get through all of it without taking my daughter to CrossFit. I'm leaving in five minutes. I'm about to walk my dogs. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Episode number four, dropping on Thursday. I will let it uh, let you guys know through all my social media outlets. And Thursday will be the debut of the segment, Thursday Tone Tales. So with that being said, thank you all for coming. And I hope you are all very well. And I will see you and talk to you on Thursday.